Thanks, Janet. Amen. Thanks, team. I always love seeing you up here with your ukulele, Peter. It's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Fantastic, eh? We'll just get ourselves organised here and we're going to share from the word. There was a doctor, not Dr Jacob, there was a doctor who was doing his rounds one morning of the psychiatric hospital and he walked into the first room and the guy in the first bed sat up and put his arms in the air and said, I'm Moses. I'm here to set the people free. And the doctor sort of was taken aback and he looked at him and said, well, that's really interesting. Um, who told you that? And the guy said, God told me. And the bloke in the next bed sat up and said, I did not. <laughs> you know, in our society, so often, when we think about, when society thinks about God talking to people, we think of it in the sense of a mental illness or somebody who's just a bit loony. Oh, he reckons God talks to him. Wow. You know, and you roll your eyes. Maybe not here in the church, but in society. I was actually reading an article the other day in, uh, it was probably news.com or one of those other fine news establishments that, uh, that was talking about the first sign of a cult. And the first sign of a cult, according to this article, was when people believe that God speaks to them. And yet, at the same time, I can understand why the world sees it that way. Because so often what they've seen as an outworking of people saying that God has spoken to them is all sorts of weirdness, all sorts of unusual things. People have gone off on all sorts of tangents. People have committed great acts of evil because God told me so. Sometimes people can actually manipulate too. God told me this and who are you to say that I'm wrong? Or God told me that you need to, whatever, fill in the blanks. And people can use it to control or to manipulate or to dominate in a relationship. Others might say totally genuinely and with no ulterior motive, God told me to do something. And maybe they're right. Maybe they're not. How can we ascertain what's truth and what is not when it comes to God speaking? Does God speak into your heart? Have you heard God speak, not necessarily audibly, but has God spoken to you? Have you had a sense? Does God speak? We're in a series at the moment on prayer. And to the world, and maybe to many Christians, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is when we come to him and we, we, we list our, our list of needs or our list of, of whatever and, and we ask God to speak into that or minister into that or to do something. Often it's to do something. Lord, I, I need this. Before we came forward and asked God for healing and all sorts of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's actually all part of prayer. But it's not a definition of prayer. You see, any relationship or any communication for it to be effective is two-way. Have you ever had, don't answer this, this is rhetorical, uh, otherwise we might have some uh, marriage counselling coming up, but have you ever had either in a marriage relationship or any other sort of relationship or a friendship relationship a sense that it's all one way, 
that you do the talking, that, you, that, that the other person never responds, they never feed back, they never, or maybe you do all the talking and you don't give them space to respond. But for whatever reason, it's one-sided. I've known people like that. I've known people that uh, you can't get a word in edgewise. But in that type of relationship, it doesn't go deep. It doesn't grow stronger. And ultimately, it fails or it falls. Because you can't have relationship or communication that's one-sided. It must, by definition, be two-sided. And so it is with God. So when we talk about prayer, it's not just talking to God. It's not just listing the, the things we need from him, asking him to intervene. They're all fantastic and they're all part of prayer. But prayer is only effective in relationship and relationship involves two-way communication. And sometimes I wonder in our prayer lives if we actually give God room to speak or do we come to him you know, and we have our five minutes, ten minutes, an hour if you're really spiritual, to come there and, and, and pray and we've got the list that we go through and we, we might pray for all of our friends and all of our family and even all of the, the, the missionaries that we support overseas and pray for our town and pray for all these wonderful things. And God tells us to bring our needs to him. He tells us to bring our petitions to him. But if we then get through the list and we stop, great, tick that off, I've done that, let's go back to life, is that really prayer? Is that really communication? Is that really relationship? Because that type of prayer becomes like a formula. Oh, if I do this, that, the other, you know, maybe sing a song, do whatever, you know, make up your own rules, whatever the, the, the church or the denomination you're in, they'll usually set parameters. But if I follow those parameters, then God will. But that's not relationship. You see, prayer is effective through relationship. God wants to be in your life. God wants to talk to you. God wants to bless you beyond all measure of what you could even ask for or imagine. He comes to give us life to the full, but that comes through relationship. And relationship comes through hearing. So today we're going to spend a little bit of time on the topic of hearing the voice of God. And, and we're going to be fairly practical as well. We're going to talk about some of the obstacles maybe to us being able to hear from God. Going to talk about some of the ways that God speaks, because that itself is quite a, a massive issue and a massive topic. And we're going to just have some practical tips about how can I better attune myself to hear the voice of God. But first of all, let me just lay a quick foundation from Scripture. Because the truth is, God has spoken to people right throughout history. He's never stopped talking, except for a few hundred years before Jesus, but I spoke about that some months ago, if you want to listen. Um, but yeah, God has always spoken. And God wants us to hear his voice. But let's just go through a few scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 2 to 4, for those that are making notes. All of these are from the NIV. If you've got a different version, that's fantastic. But, you know, I reckon NIV is the best one. Um, so John 10, 2 to 4, it says, The one who enters by the gate, this is Jesus talking, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then further on in verse 27 of John 10, he, he reiterates, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
So according to Jesus, if we're one of his sheep, if we're one of his followers, the way that we determine that or the way that that's identified is that we know his voice. If we don't know his voice, if we don't hear his voice, if we don't have his voice in our heart, how can we follow him? In John chapter 8, a couple of chapters earlier, Jesus said, verse 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That was in a, a big discourse with the Pharisees who were challenging him on all sorts of things. And they believed that they were the mouthpiece of God and God only spoke through them. He said, you don't even hear God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. The author says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in many ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Luke chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and who nursed you. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. In Luke 8, verse 21, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. And then there's the classic that many of you will know from Revelation 3, verse 20, where Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Clearly, hearing the voice of God, hearing what God has to say, is not just important, but it's, it's the critical factor in the Christian walk. It's the thing that, that separates true Christianity, true relationship with God, from every religion, including the religion of Christianity, Christendom, in which so much of the church, for so many thousands of years even, uh, have, have replaced relationship with ritual. You know, and we sometimes blame the Catholics for doing that, but you know what? Pentecostals have done just the same. doesn't matter what the ritual is. If you put a ritual in place of relationship, it's not Christianity. It's not relationship with God. God did not come into the world. Jesus didn't come into the world to start a church, to start a ritual, to give you a formula to follow so you get to heaven. He came to earth so that we would have relationship with God. It's always been about relationship. And, you know, I've done, I've done marriage counselling, pastoral marriage counselling for many years and I've read many, many books in my life, probably thousands of books. And one of the key factors that has come up every single time I've been in, involved in a situation where there's been a breakdown of relationship, one of the keys is communication. Communication makes or breaks a relationship, including a relationship with God. And I can't overstate the importance of that communication. So hearing from God, hearing God's voice, is that critical. It is that critical in our life. I would go as far as saying that, and I'll just say it for me, because you, know, you can all work this through with God for yourself, but for me, the way I ascertain whether my relationship with God is actually progressing and flourishing is whether I hear from him, whether I hear him in my spirit, in my heart. And when I don't hear, that's a, a massive red flag for me that my relationship with God is drifting. But how then can it be so difficult 
for all of us to, first of all, sometimes we just don't hear. Sometimes we, we might go through whole seasons of life where we don't hear God's voice, we don't sense him saying anything in our spirit. Or how can it, how can it be so hard sometimes to know, is that from God? Is that something else? What is that? Because if, if we just rely on subjective feelings inside, oh, I had this sense that so God told me. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you a little funny story. We, we knew this guy many years ago in Sydney, and, and he was... Um, he, he had some, some mental health issues too. He was a lovely guy and, and he, he was, you know, he, he related very well with people, but he, he just, he, he was fairly simple. And, and he had a real crush on one of the ladies at church, you know. And, and so one time we were sitting there and, and there was a few of us around the table and we're probably at Macca's or something. And, and he was, and he just came and, and sat down and, and this girl that he liked, her brother was in the, in the group, so there was about four or five of us there and he sits down and, and he suddenly sort of goes like this as if he's praying. And then he goes, oh, thank you, Lord. Tim, how's your sister going? You know, and it was just so funny, like as if God had just said to him, oh, ask after the... And, and you know, we, we, we've seen these things where people just say, God told me something or God revealed this to me or God told me to do this job or marry this person or go to this place. Maybe it is God. Maybe it's not. How do we know? Because that's a very subjective standard. And, and it's really important not only to hear God, but to know when it's God speaking and to know when it's not God speaking. Because the truth is, we actually have plenty of voices going on in here and plenty of voices going on in here. We're going to talk about those in a few minutes. We all have voices in our head, not just those two blokes in the psychiatric hospital in the joke that I first told. And sometimes those voices vie for supremacy inside and they get louder and louder the more we partner with them you can't stop a voice from saying something to you whether that's another person or whether that's inside but you can choose what you listen to you can choose what you agree with and you can choose what you partner with you know we have at the very least the different voices inside we have god we have the devil. We don't like talking about the devil. He's real. He's there. He loves it when we don't like talking about him because if, if we don't face that, don't face the fact that there is an enemy out to steal, kill and destroy, then we won't be ready. You know, imagine, imagine a war situation where one army says, oh, no, 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 we don't want, to know, don't want to know that there's an enemy out there. Like, come on, don't be so negative. You know, and, and so there's God, there's the devil, there's other voices, other people. Not just other people speaking to us now, but other people throughout life. There's those voices. You know when you're a kid and someone says, oh, you're an idiot. You'll never amount to anything. Oh, you're fat. You're stupid. You're whatever. You know, there's, there's positive ones too. You can do everything. Come on. I believe in you. There's, there's all these voices that started as external voices, but they end up as self-talk. And there's a process that happens. There's social media. There's society, there's advertisers, there's so many voices competing for attention. The advertiser that says, oh, you, 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 you don't have it all together unless you have this product, unless you lose this weight, unless you go on this diet, unless, whatever, whatever it is. There's so many voices clamouring for attention. And in all the noise, sometimes we can't make out God's voice. But the voices that you listen to the most are the ones that will become the strongest inside the voices that you agree with the messages that you agree with you will then make your own message 
And I've seen this all through my pastoral ministry in the last 30 odd years that external speak when somebody has grabbed hold of it becomes internal talk it becomes internal language and that person who was told you're an idiot you're an idiot you're an idiot grows up and they say oh, i'm an idiot because they've grabbed it and they own it and now they believe it and now it's their identity that's the power of words in the beginning god created all things through his word he spoke it and it came into being. Let there be light and there was light. All the way through. You can read it in Genesis 1. And whatever you believe about you know, the, the creation story, God spoke it into being. And we are created in the image of God. And one of the outworkings of that is we too can speak things into being. This is why encouragement is so powerful. Because you are speaking courage into somebody through your words. I believe in you. You can do this. I'm with you. Come on. Let's go. Have you ever had somebody really, you know, giving you that encouragement? Suddenly you think, oh, I could do this. Those words are, are, are becoming realities. Now, I don't believe that, you know, you can do anything just by saying it, you know. But there's a truth to it. There's a reality to the fact that if you speak something out and if you believe it and if you empower it, it, it will start to become... If, if you hear the words of God in your spirit and you start to declare them and believe them, they will become true in your life. Everything we say and everything that we listen to will end up bearing fruit, positive or negative. So rest assured, God does speak today and he wants to speak to each of us. He, he actually does speak to each of us. The question is whether we are on the right frequency. Anybody under probably 40 won't understand this, but everybody over 40, have you ever tried to tune an analogue radio? You know, the, the, you, you young guys, you, you've got this thing where you press the button and whatever the number is comes up and it's all great. And if it doesn't take more less than 0.1 second, then it's the end of the world. But, you know, we, we used to have these radios and you just had this little red lever and, and you'd turn the button and the lever would go across all the different frequencies. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, you're revealing your age. Peter, you remember that? Wow. Oh, hang on, you were in the territory. You guys were slow, that's right. You, you, we'll, we'll get this thing called the internet one of these days. Um, but... Um, but, you know, we used to have to tune these things in the car. And, and as you'd go along, you just got static, static, static. Suddenly you got this sound a little bit like a, a noise, a little bit like a voice. And all of a sudden, there was just clarity. Scott, you'd know this. You're into ham radios, aren't you? Yeah, there you go. Um, and, and you get this clarity just for a moment. If you keep turning, it goes to fuzz again and then it just goes to complete static. Sometimes it's like that with God. Are we on the frequency that we can hear his voice? So I was uh, looking at a devotion throughout the week, and I'll, just, I'll read you a little bit from it because it was really quite pertinent. It says, if your life is off-key, maybe it's because you've been deafened by the negative self-talk that doesn't let God get a word in edgewise. Maybe you've listened to the voice of criticism so long that you can't believe anything else about yourself. Or maybe it's the enemy's voice of condemnation that speaks lies about who you really are. If you don't silence those competing voices, they'll eventually deafen you. You won't be able to sing God's song because you won't be able to hear his voice. 
Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? That's the question. If the answer is no, that's a problem. So today, as I said, we're going to just talk about a few practical things. I just want to get a bit practical. And, and my goal today is I just want to give us all an opportunity just to make it that little bit easier to hear and to recognise the voice of God. But there is a catch. And the catch is this. If you aren't willing to listen to everything God has to say, then eventually you won't hear anything God has to say. If you want to hear his comforting voice, you have to listen to his convicting voice. And it's often what we want to hear least that we need to hear most. Trust me, though, if you go on this journey, you will want to hear what he has to say. Because God is a gentleman. He won't force his way into your heart. He won't force his way into your consciousness. He'll speak. And then he'll give you the dignity and the free will to either listen or not to listen. And he'll give you the dignity and the free will to make your choice. But then by making that choice, we are agreeing to the consequence of that choice, positive or negative. So let's just look at a few ways of how God speaks. Because as I said at the start, you know, I've heard so many people talk, oh, God told me this, God told me that, God told me the other. Sometimes it's turned out to be God. Sometimes it's turned out to be a disaster. So how does God speak? Because God is consistent. God wants you to recognise his voice. So the first way that he speaks is through his word. You know, we've, we've been given the Bible. Now, the Bible is, is only powerful because it's the word of God. It's, it's what empowers the words on paper. It's not the words on paper themselves. But it's the spoken word of God over thousands of years into so many situations. And he's given us like a, like a guidebook. You ever wonder how to get through this thing called life? It's a pretty tough gig sometimes, life. We've been given the manual. And, and so God speaks through that. <clears throat> he spoke through that at the time, but he speaks through that as well. Have you ever read, been reading something and suddenly it just jumps out at you? Wow, this new revelation of this scripture you've just maybe read 50 times before, but suddenly it's like... Or, or you're facing a problem or a challenge, you just you know, open the Bible and, and, and something just jumps out that speaks right into that situation you're facing. That's how God speaks through his word. 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And you know the interesting thing about that? We read the New Testament. Sometimes we focus just on the New Testament. And, and within, you know, within certain contexts, that's correct. We are under that covenant. But when that scripture was written, the New Testament didn't exist. When Timothy refers to all scripture, he's actually referring to the Old Testament too. Now, we're not under the old covenant between God and the Jews, but there is so much that God can still speak to us through his spirit when we read the Old Testament. So while we recognise that we are under a covenant of grace, um, the New Testament covenant, don't negate the Old Testament because there is so much wisdom in it. I heard a conversation once with a, with a Jewish rabbi and it's not a joke, this is a serious conversation. And, and he actually made the point, he made the point, if Christians grabbed hold of the concepts of the, the wisdom of the precepts of what God taught us, he, he was saying this is why Jews are so successful in so many areas of life. And he, and he wasn't sort of saying it 
like arrogantly, he was just saying, because we actually grab hold of, like, there is so much wisdom in the Old Testament, the books of Proverbs and, and all of these books. He said, if, if you guys grabbed hold of that, then they are principles to live by. There is so much wisdom in them. And it just it was really interesting. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, and this is God speaking, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, God has always been speaking. The Old Testament times, the New Testament times, today he speaks. And he speaks through scripture. But in order for God to speak to me through scripture, there's one part of the equation that I need to do. I actually need to read it. I actually need to... I've got this resource here. Do you know, if you've ever read any of the... Uh, there's a lot of uh, biographies about different people in, in what we would call the developing world. You know, over many years, Brother Andrew was one that many may have read of, who, who smuggled Bibles into Eastern Europe, and there's other people who have smuggled Bibles into China, just different places over the years. And, and what amazes me when you read these stories... Is, is the hunger that people who have been um, prevented from accessing God's word, the hunger they have for God's word. And I've read stories where maybe one page of the Bible has been able to be translated and given to a church and the entire church will memorise that page of scripture in the next week because they've got such a hunger in their spirit for the word of God. And then I look at me and I look at us in the West. Yeah, we can go to Kurong and get probably 173 different versions of the Bible like that. We can go online and probably get a thousand others. We, we have more access to more resources, thousands and thousands and thousands of books about the Bible and, and, and commentaries and concordances and you name it. You can actually access any possible thing just for a few bucks in most cases. And yet our hunger for the word of God. And I'll speak for myself again. You know, it's like when was I last hungry for the word of God? Really, really wanting to just grab hold of it and, and, and ask him to speak to me through it. So take a moment now. Just think about your life. Do you spend time in the word? And this is not a word of condemnation. Just, let's just take stock. Do I spend time in the word? Do I even just like a verse or two? Do I even just do a little devotion? Or, or am I sort of cruising on autopilot and hey, I'm, I'm doing okay, thanks God? Until something goes wrong, and then, oh, God, God, is that what my relationship looks like? Sometimes life becomes so busy that you just don't have time or you don't feel like you have time for it. If the Sunday sermon, the message on Sundays, is the extent of the word of God that's getting into your heart, it's like somebody who goes out and has a Sunday roast every week and then nothing for the rest of the week. Now, I've seen some pretty extreme diets and all sorts of things and keto and whatever, you know, all sorts of, the, what is it, the intermittent fasting seems to be the latest one. I fast intermittently between dinner and breakfast every day and it doesn't work. But anyway, you know, there's all these extreme diets, but could you imagine having one fantastic meal every Sunday and nothing for the rest of the week? Mate, you'd lose all that weight. And a few months later, you'd be dead, but, the, you know, that's, it, that, that's what we do when we just come to church and we get our little bit of sustenance. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 4, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
So that's one way God speaks. If you are in the word, just as, as a part of life, and I'm not talking about going to sit there for two hours and whatever. I'm just saying, is it part of your life? Sometimes we think, you know, time, I just don't have time. It's amazing, I've never in my life heard, say, a sports fan say, I just don't have time for the grand final this year. I just, I'm so busy, I don't have time to watch the State of Origin. Like, really? Or, or someone who's into, I don't know, the arts, you know, and, 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 and Taylor Swift comes to town. Uh, and, and so people go to the... I, I've never heard anyone say, oh, you know what, I'm a bit too busy to go to the Taylor Swift concert. You know, it, it's, is it time or is it priority? Because we all make time for the things that are important to us, hey? You know, no one has to tell me to make time for my family or to make time to have friends over for a barbecue because I really enjoy doing those things. And, and I, I, I sort out my schedule to make time to do that because it's something that gives me life. God also speaks through his Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 15 to 17, if you're making notes, said, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and he will be in you. See, God's given us his Spirit, and that's one of the major ways that he speaks into our heart. Now, we might not hear him with our ears, but if we have the spirit in our heart, we know, we get the sense. And the spirit is the way that God's word, God's written word, comes to life. You can read the word for your whole life and, and still never know the, the one who wrote the word. But the spirit in us brings that word to life. When the disciples received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, remember that, Acts 1, we won't read it. These guys had no idea. Look at the last three years they spent with Jesus. They were clueless. The questions they asked, the things like, what, what are you saying? And yet on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes and they could fully interpret the Old Testament and they understood exactly where Jesus fit within that. Jesus didn't spend that six weeks between the, the, the uh, resurrection and, and the day of Pentecost giving them all the theological training. They received the Spirit and the Spirit revealed to Peter and he, and he went out and preached a, a message that, that caused thousands to come to Jesus. Because God speaks through his spirit. In 1 Kings, Elijah was running away from, from the, the queen Jezebel and, and um, he wanted, or he was running at that stage, but God wanted to speak to him. And, and so God had all these different things come past, you know, big, big noises and fires and all that sort of stuff. And, and it says that God wasn't in those, but eventually God spoke to him through this still, small voice. And it took such a period of time for Elijah to come out from all of the competing voices and everything that was going on and the fears and the anxieties, and he got into a place where he could hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's become a bit of a... It's a well-used cliche now in the church, a still small voice. But what it really means is that God sometimes speaks to you just in your heart in a way that you only really hear if you stop, if you quieten yourself down and you get that sense of what God's saying. You listen for his voice, that still small voice we refer to. God can also speak through dreams. In Job 33, verse 14 to 16a, Job was saying, for God does speak, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. He may speak in their ears. 
in Joel chapter 2, one of the, one of the uh, most important prophecies of uh, the, the day of the Lord, which started at Jesus' time, and that's the, the era that we are now living in. It says this, Joel 2.28, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see vision, visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You know, if you've ever, ever heard those messages that it's all about blokes and no, 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 according to scripture, and this is before Jesus too, this is in the Old Testament, God was saying, I'll pour out my spirit equally on men and women. It's not about, you know, either or, it's not about who's this position, who's that, forget all that. God will pour his spirit on all of us, we'll all prophesy, we'll all have dreams, we'll all have visions, we'll all minister for the Lord. And that's his word, not mine. God also speaks through other people. You know, the reason that it's so important to be part of a church or part of a church gathering, I don't necessarily mean therefore come every Sunday morning, I mean to be part of the church because it's about relationship, not an event. Yeah, we get that, hey? Is because God speaks to us through other people. You know, when we have relationships in our lives where we are walking alongside other people who are also seeking God, who are also following God, God will use people to speak into our lives so much. And he does that deliberately. I think one of the reasons he does it is because he never intended for us to do this alone. Back in Genesis, when Adam was alone, this is before sin, this is before any of the other bad stuff, God still said it's not good for the man to be alone. Because we are created to be in relationship. And God will not give you everything on your own because then you'll think it's all you. Hey, God and I. We're right, we don't need you guys. Most of God's promises and most of the relational aspects of God come to us through relationship with others too. Most of the promises use the plural word for you, not the single word for you. One of the things we've done in our society is we've almost made it just about a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, there is a personal relationship with Jesus, but there's also a collective aspect to that relationship with Jesus. And, and the reason it's, it's so critical to be part of a church is not because we all want to have more people here and a bigger church and more ties. And more, that's all just peripheral stuff. It's because when we're in relationship, we can do this together. And you can have more positive voices around you and people who will stand with you and pray with you and encourage you and, and, and have your back. I've found that when I've been at the stages of my life when I've been open for God to speak to me through, every, through anybody, God will often reveal the most critical things to me through a person that I wouldn't naturally think I could learn from. You know, whether that's from a child or whether that's from someone who's a new Christian or someone who you might think in the natural, oh, I know more than that person. Well, like, whatever, I've done more, I've studied more, whatever. God will use the person that you don't think you can learn from to teach you the most. I've found that time and time again. And then finally, God speaks through circumstance. But there's, I call a hierarchy of communication. God will speak to you first through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. God will reach out to you. Then God will reach out to you through close friends. And if you continue to not listen to what he's saying, he'll eventually reach out to you through circumstance. Something will happen that will knock you for six or something will happen that will draw you back to him. And he can speak through circumstance. So to recap, the ways that God speaks through his word, through his spirit, 
through dreams and visions, through other people, through circumstances, all sorts of ways God is speaking to us today. And the obstacles to hearing. The first obstacle I talked about earlier, time. Or is it time or is it priority? But we've got to make time, like with any relationship. Unless Tiff and I make time to spend together, the relationship doesn't deepen. It starts to drift. You've got to make that effort, make that time. Competing voices, noise. Sometimes you've got so much going on, there's so much noise that you just, I don't know what I can hear, I don't know what to believe. Often that's in those times of anxiety or stress or things, circumstances are really spiralling and we just don't know what to do. Past failures or sin. You know, when we go to Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned, what was the first thing they did? They covered themselves and they hid. They didn't want him to see inside and they didn't want him to even see them. They, they hid. Like, just, just imagine that for a moment. This is a, a, a man and a woman who have been created in the image of God, have been in relationship with him for their entire existence. What, in, what, what happened to suddenly make them even consider hiding? It was that thing of shame. Shame, our own past, our own sin, our own background can cause us to shrink back from God so that we don't hear his voice. If we've listened to other voices, our self-image or our self-identity can prevent us from hearing from God because when God speaks, we're like, nah, nah, that's, that's all right for you guys. It doesn't apply to me. I'm, I'm, you don't know what I'm really like. And so we can actually become a destructive um, barrier to God speaking into us because we don't want to listen to what he has to say because of the voices that we have believed. And finally, it's disobedience. If we hear God speak and we disobey, then that will create a blockage between us and God. And over time, it doesn't mean every time you disobey, you suddenly can't hear God. Like, it's a process. It's a journey. And God is incredibly gracious, incredibly, so much more gracious than any of us could ever possibly imagine. But the more we disobey, the more we walk away from what we know God is telling us to do, the quieter that voice becomes. And eventually that voice becomes still. So what are some practical ways that we can hear God? I mentioned earlier, the first one is, is key. Just prioritise. Make time. It doesn't have to be an hour. Make a couple of minutes. Start your day or early in your day. Just grab the Bible, read a verse or two. Allow God to speak something into your heart to help you through that day. Now, unless you're on one of those intermittent fasting... I imagine everyone starts their day with breakfast, yeah? At some point, maybe it's an hour or two after you get up. But we eventually start our day with breakfast. We get up, we know that in order to get through today, I've got to have some sustenance inside my gut. Now, maybe I could, you know, I've got a bit that I can rely on, but hey, we, we've got to have some food in there. If I recognise that it's the same with the Word of God, and I prioritise, and I take a moment to actually spend and, and ask God to speak into my heart through His Spirit, then it's like, you know, when you have bacon and eggs in the morning and you just it just feels so good, hey? You're eating that bacon and eggs and if you're vegetarian, eggs and lawn clippings, whatever. You know, but it's when you're eating something that you love and it like just doesn't it feel good, you know? Yesterday I had a brekkie roll at the locals with the bacon and egg and hash brown on a beautiful fresh roll and it was just so nice. I felt good when it was going inside me, you know? It's the same with the Word of God. 
when, when we feast on the Word of God, I find my spirit just enlarges. And you ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Ask God to speak to you. Don't just read it because, oh, my, my thing says I have to read this chapter today, so I'll get through it and now I'll get on with life. Just say, God, sh- share something with me. Speak to me. Ask him to speak to you. He will. All the way through my life when I've asked God to speak to me, I've asked him to reveal himself to me, I've asked him to speak into a situation, he does. And make a decision to listen to his voice and not those other competing voices. When God says, you are, you are beloved, and that other voice says, nah, you're stupid. No, no, no. You, you be quiet. I'm going to listen to God. Because you empower the voice. And in your prayer time, remember gratitude. You know, we, we so often can come to God with, it's always asking, it's always we have needs, and we always have needs. But I find that when I focus on gratitude, when I actually take a moment to think about the incredible things that God has done in my life and does every single day, it blows me away. And, and my whole demeanour shifts because now I'm coming to God. I'm coming to, to, to this God who has transformed my life rather than just coming, coming to the genie for the next wish. A big one for me is worship. Now, that's not just music, but music for me, I'm I'm a musician as well. I love just being in that place where worship music's playing, where I just, I I find God in that place. I really do. Um, Sometimes if if life's all too difficult or things are going on, I just put in the, the shocks and listen to worship for half an hour and it's amazing how my spirit lifts. It's amazing how God speaks to me in those moments. And decide that you'll build relationships with other people that are on the same path. Let's help each other to hear God's voice. Let's be God's voice for someone else. Let's speak words of encouragement. God's given you all the things. Like You know the promises of God. There's hundreds of them. You know, go and encourage someone. You know, speak scripture. Encourage them with scripture. And you can be, start to change the narrative that is in their heart and they can start to actually believe it. Like any voice, God's voice is distinct. Now, when, when it comes to Tiff, when it comes to my kids, when it comes to a lot of my close friends, if I hear their voice somewhere, I know straight away who that is because I know their voice. Tiff can just talk from across the room and I can pick out her voice from any other because I know it. And it's the same with many of my close friends. You probably hear my voice and, and you know, some of you, it might be distinct. You know, oh, that's Dave. So it is with God. The more time you spend hearing him speak, the more you will attune to his voice. And you'll get to a place where you know when God has spoken. And you know when it's somebody else. And, and whatever that other voice says, unless it's in line with what God says, you know, no, 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 that's, I'm, I'm not having that. Because hearing God's voice... And responding to God's voice is the key of the Christian life. All the other stuff's peripheral. It's relationship with our Creator. And that relationship is He speaks life into you and you respond to Him. That's Christianity in a nutshell. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray for us.
And after I pray for us, if there's anybody who's never heard the voice of God, anybody who's never made that decision to follow Jesus and, and hearing this today, you, you just there's something that inside you that's saying, well, I want more, I want more. We're going to have a few people down just on, the, on your left-hand side of the auditorium just after the service. I encourage you to come down and have a chat with one of them. But for now, I'm going to pray for all of us. Whatever your situation, however long it's been since you've heard God speak, this prayer is for you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you do speak today. I thank you that your spirit speaks to us and ministers to us every day of our lives. Lord, whether we listen or not, whether we respond or not, and whether we hear or not, Father, you speak. Lord, I pray this day that you would do a work of healing and bring wholeness to our spirits, Lord, that we, we, we would start to attune to your voice. Lord, I pray this week ahead that you would speak to every one of us here in this, in this auditorium, everybody that's, uh, that's watching on the live stream or watching later on. I pray, Lord, that in this coming week, you'll speak into every one of our spirits. I pray that you would speak words of life, words of encouragement, words of love, and where necessary, words of correction or conviction. Father, you know what's going on in each of our lives. You know better than we do what's happening in our hearts, Lord, and you know exactly what we need to hear, the words and the life that needs to come into us, Father. And I pray that you would speak into each of our hearts this week and and that you would do a work in us that we would recognise your voice, that we would hear your voice, that we would know your voice, Lord, that our spirit would come to life and that we would choose to to listen to that voice. We would choose to, 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 to come into alignment with the things that you say, Lord, so that there would be a new work of creation in each of our lives, Lord, because you would speak life into us and, and our lives would, would transform to start reflecting the words of life that you are speaking. Father, that's my prayer for every one of us this week, Lord. And, and I pray that through your spirit, you would bring life and hope and healing and wholeness into everyone who is listening to this message today. We ask in Jesus' name.